Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Oh, hey, everybody! Welcome to this, a place where we talk about the X-Files. <laughs> Let me be the first to give you the results of the Sexual Attention Award poll from last episode, Beyond the Sea. In fifth place, <laughs> with 3% of the vote, it's Luther Lee Boggs and 1,000 souls entering his body. You know what? Fair. When you've got a thousand souls to partner with, who needs a big chunk of the vote? You know, he's it's too true. busy. It's true. In fourth place, poor shame, with 13% of the vote. Actually, wow, this middle section is really interesting. Fourth place, 13% of the vote, Mulder and Scully. Mm-hmm. Tied for second place or third place? How does it work? I guess second. Like, I guess there is no fifth place. Technically, Luther Lee Boggs is fourth place. Mulder and Scully are th- mm. third. And then tied for second are these two. Right, right. Tied for second uh, with 14% of the vote, Brad Dourif and his own performance. Nice. And 14% of the vote going to Mulder and his blatant undermining of Scully's big opportunity to believe. We're so mad at you, Mulder. How dare you? And in first place, uh, as the good Lord intended, with mm-hmm. 56% of the vote, it's Laura Zach and Jillian Anderson. Uh, the OTP of the X-Files? Definitely. Laura worked her whole fucking life to get this trophy. We're going to make it a good one for you, Laura. Hell yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that's kind of... We don't have a ton for up top. Um, one thing from LaToya, when we go into the episode, you'll hear us talking about various things, one of which is what makes Marty change. And I was like, well, it doesn't make any sense because this and because that. LaToya posited... Perhaps this whole thing is about orgasms as the little death um, because we see the choking man die and then that begins his transformation. So perhaps for every little death that Marty has, there is a transformation, which I think is a really fucking interesting theory. And I love the little death of it all. So I wanted to say that up top. Now you'll have to listen to us and then yell at me when we get to the part where I'm asking because I just answered myself up here. You're welcome. Okay. 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 And we want to just remind everybody to make sure you know <laughs> the new power that's available to you, <laughs> which is that you can submit your very own questions to Kristen's crystal ball and receive answers in the episode. So if you have a question for the crystal ball, please send it to crystalball at bufferingcast. Dot com. I just want to highlight for everyone that I don't have an email at bufferingcast.com. I mean, neither do I. My crystal ball does. Yeah. Only the crystal ball only does. The, yeah. It's the only and a general inbox. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, so make make the newest member of our show feel welcome and uh, ask it whatever's on your mind. Hell yeah. Your world offers pleasures, pleasures we don't know because we're different. But you know that now. The others will punish me for what I've done. They'll find me because the day is coming and they won't leave without me.
Hello and welcome to the X-Files. That's the EX-Files. A buffering rewatch adventure where we are watching and discussing every episode of the X-Files, one by one, spoiler free. I'm Jenny Owen-Youngs, ex-wife of Kristen Russo, and I grew up watching the X-Files. And I am Kristen Russo, ex-wife of Jenny Owen-Youngs, and I've only ever seen 14 episodes of The X-Files. Today, we are talking about Season 1, Episode 14, Gender Bender. Uh-oh, said all of our minds when we saw the title of this episode and clocked it as 1993. <laughs> yes. Gender Bender was written by Larry and Paul Barber. Directed by Rob Bowman and originally aired January 21st, 1994. Uh, this is the one, according to IMDb, where a religious sect becomes the prime suspect in a murder spree. I would counter that this is the one with the thumb rub. <laughs> thumb rub! This thumb this... rub imprinted on my delicate, impressionable mind and stayed with me. For my whole life, up to this very moment. I had questions, like, uh, one of which I'll ask now. It, like, at X-Files cons, like, if you're a person who went to X-Files cons and stuff like that, did people do this to flirt? Was this a move? <gasps> Was this a, is this a X-Files nerd flirt move? Please tell us. You write to us at hello at bufferingcast.com. Did you meet your future spouse by doing the thumb rub at an X-Files con? <laughs> or did you just, like, cup their face kind of out of nowhere? Or did you... <laughs> sort of handle their necklace. Their necklace. <laughs> uh, Latoya Ferguson gives this episode a scary rating of two and a half out of five ultimate sex magnets. <laughs> uh, Latoya directs all of her props to Rob Bowman's direction and the creepiness that is the close-ups on these, quote, real-life precious moments figurines known as the Kindred. You know, when I was a kid, I have a little sister, and my mom decided that both of us needed a thing that we would have collected for us, you know, like this Moms was... are always deciding this. Moms are literally, especially, I feel like, moms in the 90s. Um, and oh, yeah. My sister got Beatrix Potter, so, like, cute little cute. bunnies. And, yeah, love Beatrix Potter. Um, I got uh, Precious Moments, so... I... Yeah, Precious Moments, if they weren't quite as popular as they became they would definitely have strong haunted figurine vibes mm -hmm. but still... there's just too many of them to be haunty <laughs> i still have a couple of like christmas ornament ones um but i at one point in my childhood bedroom i i guess we found it was like a display case so like there was a wooden display case with lots of little hidey holes uh that yes. had, and you would put uh you would put a precious moment figurine in each one. Interesting. So you wouldn't put in the hidey hole a recently <laughs> felled member of your religious cult uh, I, I while I, they I, sort of morphed. I mean, maybe that's what we were supposed to be using it for. Maybe my mom just had the wrong idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> sounds like your mom. Well, 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 well. Overall feelings about this episode. My number one overall feeling is the thumb, the thumb rub, the thumb rub, <laughs> the thumb rub, the thumb rub. Imagine watching this when you were like 13 and being like, or 12 and being like, um, 
I'm learning. Yeah, because your mind. Sex. Right. Like your brain can clearly compute that like something is happening. I mean, there's overt sex, but there's also like what happens to Scully's face, which I feel like is more relatable yeah. to like a 12 year old mind. Like I know that something has happened, but what is that thing? Um, I was 42 when I watched this episode for the first time, so I had a lot of other kinds yeah. of thoughts. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a beautiful, I mean, to Latoya's point about the direction, um, I'm just going to read some of what she's put in our production notes here. Uh, the directing for this episode is stellar, out of this world. This is Latoya speaking. I concur. I think you do as well, Jenny. Uh, it elevates the script, the constant eye close-ups, the close-ups in general, the inside, outside, the barn stuff, which I could not get over how gorgeous that lighting was myself. Oh, yeah. Um, the yeah, playing yeah. with shadows, uh, which Latoya has read as a Bowman staple. Uh, he's constantly doing enough interesting stuff on screen that even the score being in overdrive uh, actually works for what is at play. Um, this is beautiful. That The shot in the alley at the end, I, I like oh, yeah. gasped. I was like, this is the most beautiful. <laughs> like I'd like, I'd hang that on my wall. The lighting in that alley is like unbelievable. Maybe one of the more beautiful shots we've seen in the show so far. So um, mm -hmm. that was really fun. I loved, I had no idea what the fuck was going on when I hit play. And I was all of a sudden, I was like, my neighbors think that I'm having a rave at my house right now. Like <laughs> the volume was really loud, like because it's yeah. normal usually, but like, um, I thought that overall, as like a piece of television, it was pretty fun. That said, clearly, this is an episode called Gender Bender, and we'll have some things to say uh, about that. I think, you know, big picture, and Jenny and I were talking about this before we uh, came on mic, big picture here, the this and Latoya said the same uh I think we all went in uh, assuming it would be worse than it is um so there right yeah yeah the bracing for impact definitely <laughs> made it feel by comparison not as bad as I fear <laughs> not as bad as it could have been um but yeah the big thing here, and I'll talk about it more when we get into the episode, but the big thing here is that this was an episode where um, LaToya gave us this quote from X-Files Confidential. Uh, the installment's development began when the writing staff of the X-Files decided they wanted to feature an episode with more of a sexy edge. Um, Morgan, uh, comma Glenn, said it was difficult to find a story that shows sex as scary. And so the real, I think the worst thing that this episode does is down at its roots, which is that it leans on this idea of trickery in hard quotes as mm. a very scary thing that can happen. Uh, trans folks, trans women especially, um, are murdered at extremely high rates today and also in 1993. This idea of panic, this harmful misconception that trans women are not women, that trans men are not men, has so much violence embedded into it. Um, and it is at the root of some very horrific shit that happens to this day. So the I think that that is the worst thing that the episode is doing is in many ways it's showing sex as scary and that is one of the ways it does this. Uh, there's a couple of links that we'll put in the notes today and one of them is 
a YouTube video that I found of somebody who's commenting on this. And I think the point from that YouTube video that struck me the most was that really this episode could have been called Kindred and could have had the same exact impact without there needing to be a shift in gender. That is not critical, um, but knowing that they were reaching again for sex as scary, it is clear that that is like why they put that in here. And so that's right. Other than like adding the sort of, the layer of mystery that needs to be solved. We saw a woman go in, but a man came out, and so they must be two different people, and it's like very confused. Whatever. Uh, aside from that, yeah, the gender shifting doesn't have anything to do totally. with anything. It's not like we get to the end and we're like, oh, the big reveal yes. is that that mattered in some way. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I and I didn't really prepare enough to talk about this in depth. But in that YouTube video, the uh, creator talks about uh, an episode of Angel, Lonely Heart, uh, season one, episode two. And it's referred to in the YouTube video as like actually doing this pretty unproblematically uh, where the the gender shifting is not a trickery. Uh, it's not it's it's that's not what it's there for. But Latoya, it's, actually- it's, it's the the demon or whatever it is is just moving from host from body ho- to host body exactly exactly right. but latoya interestingly put in her notes uh she said if this episode had had its way with the original script would have been far more offensive i actually don't know what that original script was but at some point we'll talk to latoya and find out more but the episode yeah, that we need saw, more details there yeah on tv was um doing this without the problematic stuff that's in this episode so this made me think about uh, what I think is a very effective piece of filmmaking um, that really makes. S- it's not that it makes sex scary, but sex is sort of like the catalyst mm-hmm. for horror. Uh, it's a film called It Follows. Have you ever seen it, Kristen? I have been meaning to watch It Follows for a, a long time, and I have not seen it yet. No. So don't spoil it for me. So I can't just tell you, like, the basic premise? No, you can tell me. Okay, everyone, plug your ears if you don't want to be spoiled on the basic premise of It Follows. It's not exactly this, but, like, it's in the ballpark of a sexually transmitted haunting (laughs) or a sexually transmitted horror. And the only way to get rid of this dark force in your life is to have sex with someone and then get them to keep having sex with people because it just like it, so it, you can get rid of it when you have sex with someone well it's you get rid of it until it like, follows <laughs> <laughs> it follows whoever has most recently been you know uh in inducted into the sex club so like if you had sex with it, Jamie, right? Okay. And Jamie had the it. Then you would receive the it. But then if you went ahead and had sex with Allison, then Allison would have the haunting. But if Allison was killed by the it or perhaps died for some other reason, then the it would revert to you. So you want to get the it as far away from you as possible. So you... <laughs> if you <laughs> Uh, would you say infected? If you get infected, haunt-fected, mm-hmm. haunt uh, you you want to have the person that you sleep with next sleep 
with somebody and like for it to be as perpetuated as far down the line wow as possible Ch- chain mail horny chain mail <laughs> is that what you call it a chain letter a chain letter yeah yeah yeah, yeah. forward this sex to Two 30 of your, yeah. people by <laughs> noon tomorrow otherwise um yeah and, the, and highly the recommend it follows it's like one of it's a movie that i saw a while ago and think about all the time okay i also i still haven't seen and not that they're related but i still haven't seen bodies 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 either um there's a lot of that will that will be a fun watch but it will not um you know terrorize you for the rest of your natural life (laughs) um okay so there's more here to be said i want to i do want to say um one other thing in the gender bin though i know i'm going to say more as we go through the episode which is just that um Disclosure is a documentary that came out in 2020 that specifically talks about the portrayal of trans folks in media. Now, notably, Marty is not a trans person. Okay, like that is not this is not this is a shape. This is somebody that can uh, shift gender. Um, But per earlier, there is a lot of uh, transphobia sort of built into the fabric, both in this episode and in many, many other things. Please go watch this documentary if you have not yet seen it. It is really important and really brilliantly done. Uh, Just an incredible um, collection of trans folks who are working in Hollywood now talking about these things. So link in the show notes. Please watch it. Now, I'm so sorry that I called the the location here Duck Club. I'm sorry. It just felt like a Oh, I called it Club Sex with Three X's. Okay, great. Uh. I didn't go back and double check, but by the time we have the last scene in Club Sex, I was like, are they playing the same song every single time? Is the same song always playing at Club Sex? <laughs> it, you didn't happen to notice, Kristen? You didn't I, check I was, I'm not sure. I actually got stuck on just the poetry of the sentence. Is the same song always playing at Club Sex? <laughs> <laughs> yeah well that's what chris carter wrote in his little diary that was the seed of this episode of course the reason i know that this is a genre show is that there is a man at the horoscope machine at club sex jenny i'm sorry have you ever gone to a horoscope machine at a club i would if i could find one i never have heard of such a thing you'd think as queer people if like if there were a horoscope machine we certainly would have seen one by now right well, I think I think they went extinct in the 90s. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Fucking find the difference between these two nudie photos carried on. Why not horoscope machines? Oh, true. You know? So uh. <laughs> this handsome man is at the horoscope machine. And a woman uh, comes up and touches his hand. And he is immediately like, yeah. <laughs> Cut to Kristen. Oh, I know. I took a photo. My, my favorite closed captioning since women vocalizing eerily it's amorous moaning amorous moaning like amorous <laughs> suggests love right it's like this is more than just sexy moaning this is yeah yeah going deep here um this guy is tangled in his sheets he's like that is the best thing i've ever done in my life his world has been rocked so rocked in fact that he cannot go on and dies in bed as she watches from the bathroom pink foam spewing from his mouth i hate this proximity 
Like, I I really don't like to be like, ooh, wow, sexy. And then before I can even, like, finish pronouncing <laughs> the Y in the word sexy, there's, like, f- pink foam erupting from a mouth. You like a clear, respectful boundary between yeah. your sex and your mouth foam. I do. Like, just a beat. You know, even just one beat yeah. will do. Yeah, yeah. This is really cool. The heartbeat is like kind of brought in as part of the underlying vibe. And then it stops when his heart stops. Uh, Very, very cool. Cool. And then Marty shifts from female form to male form. And I ask a question that um, won't. Two questions. One is answered. One is not. Why? Why is Marty shifting (laughs) back? Why? Um, and then why is we'll never know why is he killing people? Um, but that's just because Marty, too hot to handle. Marty can't stop touching humans. It's too fun, and like it's not Marty's fault that they also die. As you know, Angel the Vampire had this problem. Um, actually, Angel the Vampire knew that if he slept with people, they would. Oh no, he would just turn evil. It was a different problem, but he still They has... might die. He might kill them. That's true. He might kill them. Um and he right, he would turn into Angela. Spoilers for Buffy, the television show. Um uh, thinking about things from a practical perspective, when Marty is in male form, which I've denoted as Marty with a Y versus okay. Marty with an I. With an I, okay. Does Marty with a Y seek out women to bang that are the same like approximate height and weight oh so that i know because marty with a y will become marty with an i and then need clothes to leave in as we see yeah marty with an i become marty with a y here (laughs) and need clothes to leave it and and takes the clothes of the man who has just died now i'm just wondering like what if you accidentally in this position bang somebody whose clothes like Don't. who's like shorter than your yeah other form. The, the marty must just pick up folks who are the same general size and stature each yeah. time which does check yeah, actually yeah. through the episode what we see they are all right, right. folks of a similar build um mm-hmm. also there's a little bit of not to bring too much buffy into the fold here but there's a little bit of ben and glory here you know what i mean like there's a little oh, bit true. of a little bit of glory ben um so i don't know like maybe they were roommates and maybe that's what's going on <laughs> they were roommates. <laughs> okay so okay cops <laughs> cops are oh credits and then the cops are on the murder scene calling this calling this woman a chippy dude I love that Latoya, in Latoya's production notes, she was like, is Chippy problematic or just hilarious? What? My vote is hilarious. It's like, it feels so, it feels like it was unearthed at like the pyramids. Yeah. Well, I mean, Chippy, so in case you don't know, Chippy is like slang for a sex worker, which, mm. oh, I just thought it meant girl. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No. Well, so, but this is what's interesting, Jenny, is that the, the term was used in like the late 1800s for the first time. And I try to do a little etymology. We probably need to call uh, our good friend Helen Zaltzman for the real truth here. But um, the idea is that perhaps the word chippy was attributed to sex workers because chippy was short for a chipping bird, a sparrow, like cheap, cheap. Like the sound a bird oh. makes cheap, but like, uh, right. So but in like, that case, homophonically, a cheap woman, a cheap woman. Right. So like, yes, 
Like it is, it is not okay, but also like it sounds like something a newsie would say. So it's like not really like it doesn't feel as bad as saying plenty of other words that are used to uh, derogatorily refer to sex workers. I am confused now why they're just assuming yeah. that the woman was a sex worker just because she had casual sex. Yeah. Because the cop does it later, too. He's like, are you a pro? And and, uh, Marty with an eye is like, "Uh, what now? What are you talking about? (laughs) Um, But these cops are just Did you say, am I a UFO? Yeah. (laughs) Um, These cops are simply assuming that any any woman who participates in sex with a man that is not her husband must be a sex worker. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, guy blew an artery must have been some role in the hay. Let this be my legacy. Let this go on my tombstone. <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> Do you want to be the dead guy or the person who caused the coronary? Well, being the dead guy, what a way to go. What a way to go. Being the person who caused the coronary, what a legend. Right, I know. It's hard Either to way, yeah. seems good. <laughs> Yeah, we actually love this setup. This is like super great for everyone involved. Um, <laughs> Scully says, it's hard to imagine people having sex with a stranger. Scully, wait until 2023. Systems will be in place that you have not yet even begun to imagine. <laughs> this is, and I actually, I can't believe that like I missed this on first viewing because first viewing my brain was like, Scully, what? Why are why so prude, Scully? Um, forgetting, of course, we are in the year 1993. Uh, we right. are still 94. Oh, 94. We are still inside of uh, cr- close proximity to inside of the AIDS crisis. Um, so this line is referring to the the danger of sleeping with somebody that you don't know. So we're pulling in hot button. Yeah, we're pulling in some trans. Phobia to make sex scary. We're pulling in the fear of getting AIDS as, as a reason that sex is scary. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot happening, a lot of work being done here to say sex is scary. So it turns out that somebody at the Bureau wanted to be notified about any c- cases with this exact cause of death. I wonder who it could have been. Cut to Mulder slideshow of pink foam mouth dead folks. It's not even. This slideshow has two different categories. I was impressed. We go from the dead people to the kindred. He's prepared like a full narrative arc yeah. inside of this He's slideshow. like, welcome to my presentation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he stayed up uh, He's got... He's got two women and three men that were killed within the last six weeks. Uh, note the amorous claw marks down everyone's backs. <laughs> uh, all with the symptoms of a massive coronary and uh, each body just like chock full of pheromones to a degree never seen before. 100 times stronger than found anywhere in nature. Hold on to your hat, Scully. <laughs> He says uh, the pheromones contain human DNA. Now, I paused at this exchange, Jenny, because Scully is basically like, uh, I thought that like it's being highly debated if humans have pheromones. And I was like, I have lived my entire life being like, oh, yeah, our pheromones are why our periods sync up. Like, I have said that forever. 
And because of this, I did some more research and there's actually still no scientific proof. Uh, please, scientists, pick up your uh, writing utensils and email us about all the things I'm wrong about here. But from pick my- Pick up your writing utensils and email us. <laughs> please. Your styluses. Uh, uh, yeah. You know, um, just, just scratch that on a notepad, use your scan app on your phone and then email the scan. That would be great. Oh, uh, that would literally be great. Um, but yeah, it says that there is an inherent difficulty in studying human pheromones because of the need for cleanliness and odorlessness in human participants of studies. Uh, it's been investigated, but no pheromonal substance has ever been demonstrated to directly influence human behavior. So I, I so then I Googled Jenny period pheromones. What it like my whole world is coming undone <laughs> and there it's a back and forth. I mean, it's like this thing that's anecdotally true. We've all like if you have a period, you've experienced this. You spend you spend time with somebody else who has a period. You sync up like the proof is there. But I guess scientifically, it's just not yet. Well, you can't say that this is a fact still, unless I'm wrong. I too was shocked. I do. I too did some pause and Google. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the the counter to Netflix and chill. <laughs> pause yeah, and Google. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mulder's like, with with more than a little, I feel like envy in his voice. He's the ultimate sex magnet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mulder is so. I think, like, big picture, Scully is feeling embarrassed and overwhelmed that she is having to go this deep into a sexy town with Mulder this soon. Mulder is fucking stoked. He's so stoked. He's like, I have a reason to talk about sex with Scully for work. Hooray! For work. Yeah. And we're getting paid by the government. Yeah. Scully's like, what is our profile uh, indeterminate in height, weight, sex, unarmed, but extremely attractive. Scully, you're a medical doctor. You should know that pheromones have nothing to do with physical looks, okay? (laughs) (laughs) So Mulder explains. He has a file. Of course, he has a fucking file. Uh, There are religious isolationists called the kindred. Now we get to the kindred section of the slideshow. Uh, They live a lot like the Amish. They are known for their handmade pottery and where they live and make this pottery, there is a white clay that is particular to that region and our molder. Also, by the way, never X-Files ever show me fucking pink foam being scraped off of a mouth ever again otherwise you're Blip. in big fucking trouble mister um Blip. but in the scratch the amorous scratches jenny they <laughs> found uh he found some of this white clay i love that Mulder got in there with a swab like stat oh th- he also brings up the kindred specifically because uh, aside from this clay thing this all kicked off about a year ago when Mulder became aware of a death of somebody with the same symptoms right. outside of Steveston, St- yes. Steve's town. St- St- they they say it, and the way they say it in the show like eluded me. It's like like I heard it, and every time I heard it, it was gone. <laughs> it just like became a blank in your mind. Yeah, um, I call it Kindred Town. Um, Kindred Town is the larger town, and then Kindred Village is actually where the Kindred live. That's how I've denoted it. Okay. So okay, we arrive okay. in Kindred, Kindred, Kindred Town, Town next, aka uh, Steveston. 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 Uh, two trench coats, <laughs> no waiting is my first note. Uh, Hell yeah. Love a misty night we- in Steveston. 
with two trench coats. (laughs) They pop into the general store and uh, very subtly are like, what can you tell me about the kindred? They just happen to walk into the store where the dude who runs the store has photos of the kindred from the 1930s on the wall sure why not why uh, how convenient and but there are two photo shaped miscolored (laughs) spaces on the wall and Mulder's like cocks it right away and he's like oh what are they hiding and he's like where are those photos and the shopkeep says oh I'm having those two reframed and Jess who was near me at the time was like why is he having them reframed and also like what is the point why couldn't they just all have been on the wall and Mulder looked at them yeah, I truly do not know. Either way, he looks at these photos and then, of course, later explains that, uh, hey, some of those 1930s photos looked real similar to the folks here in Kindred Village. Uh, not to be confused with the Christmas Village. This is Kindred Village. Right, okay. right, 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 right. Um, so Mulder is like, shopkeep, how can I speak to these Kindred? But, oh, the clip clopping of hooves cometh, and uh, the kindred just pop right up. Uh, they're like, "Did somebody say kindred?" Did I know? I'm skipping, and we'll go back. But I need to ask this question. I can't wait any longer. Did I already know that Scully was a horse girl, or did I know it in my soul? Has it been? She said something about ponies at some point, but I feel like she said something about like not, not. being into ponies. Yeah. She's she, not into ponies. She's into horses. horses. <laughs> she's not into boys. She's into men. Um, I just was like, like my whole soul knew that Dana Scully was a horse girl, like fully. Um, it, yeah, it does. It does feel right. I'm picturing her now in um, what do you call horse pants? I want to say chaps, but I'm also gay. So I don't know actually if that's correct. Don't worry, I'm Googling horse pants. <laughs> a classic Breaches. pause in Google. Breeches, my friends. What are chaps? Well, when they're assless, you usually find them at club sex with three X's. But you, you can get ass full chaps, can't you? <laughs> Let like, me Google ass full chaps really quick. Or just regular chaps. If you have to say that they're assless, then by default, they must have an ass to begin with. <laughs> I don't know. Searching for asshole chaps chaps mostly yields search results for assless chaps. (laughs) FYI. A word to the wise. Wow, look at that butt. I know that's not why we're here right now, but (laughs) that's some really nice product photography. Okay. Are you going to find out if regular chaps have a butt? Just chaps. Just Google chaps. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, These look like they would have a Oh, wait, the chaps that I just found appear to be sort of like you wear them over pants. So they they kind of like cover most of your leg, but like not your crotch. But they're for riding, not your butt. They're for riding. Yeah, but I guess you maybe you don't you want to be able to um, undo your fly so you can pee. These are men's chaps I'm looking at. I can't wait um, for every actual horse girl to be furiously emailing us. Like, you fucking idiots. <laughs> I can so, hear the so clip clopping of their little keyboards right now. So assless chaps only means that you wear the chaps, but you don't wear the jeans. Yeah, so it's really jeansless chaps. <laughs> and there's, there's, it's a bit of a misnomer. <laughs> 
Can please horse girls and horse boys and horse people, could you please, please, please email us and explain chaps to us, two girls who did not grow up with horses? No, I would have Thank loved you. to, but I did not. Okay. So the clip clopping of hooves, uh, Mulder says, like, before we even hear the clip clopping, Mulder's asking this guy, by the way, I love this guy at the store who's like, yeah, they bring in tourist money. Some say they're doing voodoo or something, but I've got nothing against them. Like, this guy is just super chill. Oh, my God, Jenny, what? Sorry. Chaps? I've just checked in on Wikipedia, uh, a great source for information sometimes, which defines chaps as... Sturdy coverings for the legs consisting of leggings and a belt. They are buckled on over trousers with the chap's integrated belt, but unlike trousers, they have no seat. The term assless chaps is a tautology and are not joined at the crotch. In literary criticism and rhetoric, a tautology is a statement that repeats an idea using near synonymous morphemes, words, or phrases, effectively saying... The, the same, same thing, thing. like an unidentified bogey. <laughs> yes, a tautology. Wow, what a day we're having. Um, Jenny, are you done reading about assless chaps? You should save the rest of it for our future uh, sex files podcast. Yes, yeah, no, totally. I'm, I'm, I'm checking out of uh, hotel chaps. Okay, great. Um. Okay, so Mulder gets a map, which is really all I want to make sure we know. Mulder now has a map. This will be important for later. <laughs> Can't wait to see how that plays out. Yeah. What could go wrong? Um, the guy says they don't like strangers up there. The road's in pretty rough shape. But then, then, clip-clop. Hey, guess what, Jenny? Who's this guy? Brother Andrew? Seen him before. Where have we seen this guy? That's Manny from the Double Meat Palace, Kristen. Unbelievable. Not sure if he worked at the Double Meat Palace before or after. Well, I guess it would be after. Just uh, chronologically in TV land, he leaves the kindred and uh, defects to Sunnydale and starts working in management yeah. over at the Double Meat Palace. Or they beam the kindred back up and then their second stay on Earth is in Sunnydale. Oh, true. You know what I mean? Okay, we go to the feed store. Mulder does his best. I have an accent from a place that is not a city. <laughs> Saying, you need anything from the feed store to Scully? <laughs> bad. It's bad. It's very bad. Um, it's bad. Scully. <laughs> now, horse girls, horse people. I also need to know if this is not uh proper etiquette because it does not seem like proper horse etiquette to me to just walk up to somebody's horse and start petting it yeah i feel like you should always ask before you touch someone's horse i agree the horse is but um but scully just like blending she's like she must have trouble on the asphalt has she ever thrown a shoe (laughs) (laughs) what's this pretty little lady's name (laughs) it's alice it's Alice. Uh, I'm Dana Scully. I don't mean you any harm. Brother Andrew explains that they are not allowed to talk to folks from the outside. Okay. They shake hands. Sexily. The thumb. What is this move called? Do we have a name the for it? The thumb rub. The thumb rub. The thumb rub happens. I wrote, I'm so sorry. It's, this is so bad that we might have to cut it out of the podcast, but I wrote in my notes, 
the direction here was, can you show us that you are getting wet with your eyes? (gasps) (laughs) Sorry. Kristen. I'm sorry, but it is literally what Jillian Anderson, like, shouldn't you be able to get an Emmy if with your eyeballs you can let us know that you've gotten wet? That's what she does. I'm... I'm sorry. Upset. I am. But I've also been working on something over here while you've you've been (laughs) scandalizing our listenership. Sorry. I felt like the thumb rub needed a adjective. Okay. An adjective uh, to pair with it. And I think I found the right one. Okay. I think it's called the cunning thumb rub. Ooh, the cunning. What do you think? I like it. The cunning thumb rub. I mean, it could... I, like I don't mean to take us too. It's sexy. Like almost the coming. Th- well, but uh, but also just th- the cunning. The cunning rub seems like like if that was what we called this thumb rub, it feels like right, 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 know, right, right. The cunning rub. Yeah, the cunning rub for short. <laughs> the cunning rub. If you want to get banned from being a family show, it's like almost the cutting. Like leave it on the cutting room floor. Leave it on the mm. cunning rub floor. Okay, so um, Mulder comes out. Scully literally looks like she has just been caught naked in satin sheets. She's like, yeah, her face is red. Her hair is somehow must, (laughs) even though nothing has happened. Pheromones. Yeah, yeah. He says, what what were you doing out here? And she's like, I was nothing talking. Her voice like fucking goes up 20 octaves. Uh, Mulder's like, are you okay? Do you want to sit down? She's like, I don't think I can. Um, They leave. And she says, we get, there's something up there, Mulder. I've been saying that for years. <laughs> Mulder earning Jenny points. Jenny earning Mulder points in this exchange. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Okay. They get in the car. They drive as far as they can uh, to a tree stump. That's as far as they can go. Um, Mulder bemusing, bemoaning, I mean, the fact that he does not have a four-wheel drive. Um you know what else he doesn't have? What? A very good sense of direction oh or God. navigation. This is West. No, that's West. Scully's like, please, Lord, deliver me. Save me. <laughs> then this man, who f- crumples up the only map you have when you're already lost? Okay. Crumples it, kicks it. Scully catches it. There is no way that that was like in the script. No. That is just like a magical mm. accident. And I love it so much. Letting us know that maybe every time Mulder finds himself lost, Scully will find him. Oh, boy. You know who else will find him? The, the kindred. kindred. They're freaking everywhere. They're coming out of the trees. Kindred uh, is showing up like the precious moments figurines on my bedroom wall as a child. Just everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they want their guns. They want Their weapons are forbidden here, which seems fair. Uh, and Sister Abby introduces herself and asks them to relinquish their weapons and come pray with us. And they do. Like, is this a thing? If you're in the FBI, will you let us know, like, if this is a thing that would happen? I mean, it seems very dangerous, but is part of being in the FBI just making dangerous decisions? Like, I just... Speaking of being in the FBI, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm going to guess that this was inspired by my notes watch today. Jess sent me a Reddit article that was like, how do you tell if somebody shows you an FBI badge... Like, how do you tell if it's authentic? (gasps) Which seems, like, relevant to, um, because of, like, last episode uh, and um, just, you know, health and safety. Uh, And the top response was, you call the local, your local FBI branch. And I was like, local FBI branch? (laughs) And ask them to 
forward you to this agent and that person's cell phone should ring <gasps> if, if it all if it all works out will this work i don't know it also made me look up where is the closest fbi office and there's one two miles away from me listen the other day literally not that long ago avanti and i were driving and saw the local fbi office it's like something <gasps> something bi it's like not f you know it's not federal it's local but it's not lbi that's long beach island um it's uh-huh, uh-huh. something else but uh, but all that to say that like i also just learned that like there's an fbi adjacent office in my neighborhood <gasps> the fbi employs approximately 35,000 people. Wow. Either way, these two FBI agents (laughs) give over their weapons. Um, Okay, Jenny, Mm. I would really like to talk to you about them entering Kindred Village, okay? Because there's like sort of this establishing shot of Kindred Village where one man touches a shovel to some corn, like just like... And then, then there's a good axe. There's a good like axe cutting through wood approved. And then nice, the very third nice. establishing shot is a girl who is folding a shirt, which like she lit. Please go back. <laughs> this girl crumples <laughs> this shirt into a fucking ball. Like <laughs> uh, she's she's like I'm Mulder and this is a map. Crunch crunch. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah uh, this is like. Have you ever seen M. Night Shyamalan's The Village? No. Okay, well, first of all, don't listen to the haters. You should watch it. And second of all, I'm not going to say a single thing about it. So never mind. But watch it's a it. village where they all crumple up their white starched shirts. <laughs> Horrifying. <Yes>. Yeah. <laughs> this dinner table is fucking set for the exact right amount of people, Jenny. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, where are the two people who usually have to? They're like, we have guests. You don't get dinner tonight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Woo. Scully and brother Andrew just uh, sitting next to each other. Making some meaningful eye contact. If only they played footsies, it probably wouldn't have the same power, you know? Scully would be safe with footsies. Right. If you rub your big toe in no, between somebody no, else's big, absolutely big not. toe and their next nope. toe. Does that, does that do Stick the same la, thing? La, 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 la. <laughs> there's, there's an older gentleman and towards the end of the table who's coughing a lot. He is. Um, I thought FYI. that, you know, you've talked to me a little bit about, like, I don't know. Scully's believing, not believing. We've talked in the podcast about how that may mm. or may not connect to her faith that she wears this cross necklace that on and on. And I thought that this was really interesting in this episode because they sort of have this prayer that they do over the meal and the words that they use, of course, could be like sound very like Christian, even Catholic to me, but also in the context of aliens check out our time here on earth we pray for the time of the coming the moment of our release um so yeah i just think that's very fun and it's a it's a thing that i hope is leaned into more um because it's it's there's a lot of conversation about like leaving this earth non-earthly things inside of christianity inside of uh, most religion in fact Knowing where this goes, it is interesting to think about like Brother Wilton striking the table and saying their world does not interest the kindred. And it's like in the larger aliens visiting Earth thing. Well, then why, bro? Why? Are you why, here? why are you here? Why are you here? Yeah. Tell us. Tell us more. 
He just wants to go home, I think. He's just homesick. Uh, I love that there's just like one alien who loves to fuck. He's <laughs> just like, that's really the premise of this that- episode, Kristen, is one alien loves to fuck more than anything. More than any of the other aliens is willing to give away the rest of everything that that alien knew, throwing it overboard for fucking. <laughs> incredible yeah imdb please somebody get into imdb and change the episode description this is the one where one alien loves to (laughs) fuck (laughs) so after that man's outburst sister abby admonishes him for his wrath i love her uh, i love this actor yeah she's great yeah and Brother Andrew says, anger as violence is not tolerated. I love Mulder in this moment because, like, Brother Wilton is furious and gets in trouble. And Mulder basically is like, it's chill, bro. Like, it's good. We're good. I'm good. He's good. We're good, you guys. <laughs> like, could you shut up, you stupid earthling? Um, the, the dude who was coughing now is starting to literally choke to death. And Scully is like, this man is choking. I'm a medical. She's so close to saying she's a medical doctor. So close. And they're like, don't like, this is our shit. We take care of our own here. You are not here to Mm -hmm. interfere. Um, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. like I have respect for this general vibe not when you like also then like bury that person alien in a white clay cave i i don't know about all that but like you know them them wanting to do the things the way that they do the things in their world seems like a thing worth respecting is all i mean to say yeah yeah at club sex club six six marty six six (laughs) Marty with a Y asks a woman to dance and though she protests at first she is powerless to withstand the cunning thumb rub yeah this is also like this in this moment I was like and and unfairly this uh thought occurred to me when it was Marty with a Y thumb uh doing the cunning thumb rub on a woman um but it is also like very ick in the fact that these folks at this club do not want to have sex with marty and the only reason they're having sex with marty is because of the cunning thumb rub it's like the alien date rape drug you know just a little yeah cunning yeah, yeah. Thumb rub. <laughs> uh this episode is really a smorgasbord of things that should not be happening <laughs> Um, uh, yeah. Also, uh, do, if you go to club sex now in the year 2023, are there still girls dancing in cages? Because like, I definitely went to a couple of clubs like this in the nineties and there were always girls dancing in cages. And I just would like to know, um, from people who are still going to clubs, are there still people dancing in cages? Thank you. I don't think I've ever been anywhere where anyone was dancing in a cage. Mm. Well, you went to the My wrong mistake. clubs or the right ones. It's, you know, really a matter of opinion. <laughs> okay, so the kindred walk Scully and Mulder into the woods a little bit with their all their lanterns, and they're like, it's a mile to your car. Enjoy. If I was these kindred, I would be walking these people that mile and watching their taillights fade in the distance. You know what I mean? Same. Same. Honestly, the majority of what the kindred show us of themselves is pretty respectable. Like they, except the the shirt folding. 
Oh, that hor- horrible. Absolutely horrible. Yeah, the shirt folding is a bunch of bullshit. But, you know, like, the it doesn't seem like they're doing anything to harm anyone. It seems like they're actually following the philosophy that they preach. I don't love how much Mulder and Scully make fun of them and their way of life, you know? Doesn't seem necessary. No. But Mulder thinks it's a, a load of bullshit. Um, these people know something, Scully. You can see it in their eyes, the way they look at each other. Remember when last episode Mulder was like, you can only believe it if it's the truth. I- <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> he does make the solid point, though, that there were not any children. Interesting. Yeah. Probably. That's a little disturbing. It's a little disturbing. When you know that the kindred have been around since at least 1930, one would expect there to be children. Mulder wants to go back for a little look-see, he Just says. a little look-see. I don't love, Jenny, that Mulder is always leaving Scully in the dust. Like, they're in the middle of the fucking woods. They're trying to figure out a murder. Later, they're at a barn where they have no idea what's happening. He just constantly He's like, I'm is, going in. I'm going. Just bye, Scully. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, it would be nice if he displayed a little bit more concern for her well-being, like, in the moment. He's, like, very good at caring about her when it's not in direct competition with his like quest for yes. the truth. Yes. Yes. So they go back to the compound and everything looks dark except the barn is all lit up. Everyone's filtering in and I was like cranking the volume. Were they like sort of murmur chanting or did I was that like the sound of my fan? That I, I wrote down that they the were show? chanting, but to be quite honest, I'm not sure if they just looked like people who would be chanting or if they were actually <laughs> chanting. But I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, I'll put a I'll put my coin in the they were chanting bin. OK, cool. This it. barn is gorgeous. Do the kindred make some extra income by renting it out for weddings? Because this is a gorgeous barn. What a lovely, rustic, oh, nuptial spot. Absolutely gorgeous. I'd be getting married down in those caves. You know, you can like get married in caverns, oh. you know, in like stalactite, stalagmite type caverns. That's pretty cool. I just want you to know that the kind of relationship that I have with Jenny was me just desperately trying to get out stalagmite and stalactite before she could, but she just said it immediately. <laughs> I ain't got time to waste when it comes to stalagmites and stalactites, yeah. Kristen. Which, which one goes up and which one goes down? Stalactites hang from the ceiling. Stalagmites come up from the ground. How do you remember that? Like, is there a, the, the C and the G? Ceiling and the ground. Got it. So, Mulder, first of all, I know that the kindred allegedly don't use any electricity, but those barn doors glide shut. Like, they are on some beautiful fucking electric, magnetic, some good old kind. fashioned elbow grease and teamwork, Kristen. <laughs> They talk the to- synergy that you can only cultivate when you're working the land together, churning the butter together, What's the crumpling woman's- the shirts together. <laughs> What's the woman's name from Twin Peaks? Who, uh, my absolute queen, who works on her cotton ball and oil curtain, like uh, soundless curtain openers and closers. Is it Nadine, Nadine Hurley? Nadine, 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 Nadine. <laughs> Nadine was up in here. Fucking, she she took a ride with uh, Scully's dad on his last deposit from the Twin Peaks universe and installed some fucking glider curtain things for the kindred. Yeah. Nice. All right. 
Mulder and Scully have their faces sort of pressed up against a crack in the barn. This is one of the many gorgeous lighting moments in this episode. It's done so well with the way the like sliver of light hits both of their faces, the way the light is on the kindred in the barn. It's very, very beautiful. One thing that really, really rang extremely true to life from this scene for me is like when I'm surveilling people and a horse keeps blocking my view, that is like, that's got to be my biggest number one pet peeve. Oh, it's just like pet peeve. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> uh yeah sorry but, livestock peeve but the but the but the horse i think is also like it's blocking their view frustrating but i feel like it's also kind of the reason that the kindred don't necessarily see them out there because it's like when alice is protecting scully you know alice is oh, like alice um i keep thinking in this scene that the kindred are going to make direct eye contact with me the viewer through the crack like i was terrified the whole time don't look at my eyes don't look at my eye. they're gonna see me like i yeah, feel like i was they're hiding gonna see you they're gonna rub that spot in between your thumb and your forefinger <laughs> i don't Ooh. want the cunning thumb rub leave me alone um they're carrying the choking man into the cellar and Mulder's like i want to see what's in that cellar off he goes hot on their trail while scully remains just watching she's just watching when brother andrew comes up from behind and grabs her shoulder ah i can't believe that this show has a smoking man and a choking man you know <laughs> what are the odds what are they? Bro- uh, brothers twins separated at birth <laughs> so uh yeah did you already say andrew finds scully and fucking is like hey uh you want to go to my room i've got some information I didn't say that he says that. Uh, I just said that he grabbed her shoulder. Yeah. And she goes like, this is a Mulder. Why did you leave her? B Scully? Why are you going? You don't even have a gun. Like, what are we doing? This is just like the last episode when she was like, oh, I must enter this condemned building yes. alone and immediately. Scully, stop it. I mean, her dad, she did just lose her dad. You know, she's probably grieving. Sometimes we can be reckless when we're going through difficult times in life. So, but like, ma'am. My first note for the cellar where we go next. This is a back and forth. We're cutting between Mulder in the cellar and Scully in Andrew's room. My first note for the cellar is, first of all, this is a vagina. I mean, this is. And then I refer to this room as the white womb from. Yeah. No, I think that's in there. Right. The only thing to call it. Yeah. You've. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's walking through what appears to be like a vaginally shaped entrance that leads him down a long tube into then a widened space that appear I, this is a womb. These are Georgia O'Keeffe's caves <laughs> to be sure to be <laughs> yeah. certain. Yeah. Okay, you've ever heard of them? O'Keeffe's caverns? Mm-hmm. Um this set is really cool though. I did want to say that. The like after you pass through um the cervix and you get into the yes. uterus, the white like the, uh-huh all that white stuff like this is very cool um i think it looks awesome i'm like every episode they're like and this was supposed to be a cheap one but we went way over budget right i'm like what did this episode cost just to make that set alone feels very expensive not to mention the uh morphing that we'll get to soon enough um Mulder's watching by lantern. He turns his lanterns off as they, I have again, they chant over the body of the choking guy. He's not choking anymore. He's dead, question mark? Right. Then over in Brother Andrew's room, Mm -hmm. he tells Scully, I know who killed those people. He was my best friend. His name is Brother Martin, a.k.a. Marty. 
In the white womb, there's a mud bath that I got so excited about for one half of one second, and then it continued, and I threw up in my mouth. <laughs> it is not the, like, satisfying... You know how sometimes somebody's getting covered in mud or, like, um, you know, is this weird? I'm going to just say it. When Aldrich was, like, just born, we were like, okay, diaper cream. What? How much is the right amount? And then we like looked it up, and it was like as though you are icing a cupcake. <laughs> and we were like, okay, that's a little. It's a little subjective, but I I have an image in my mind now, and like that is you know the even distribution yes, of a spreadable satisfying. material, so satisfying. This disgusting. This is this is a viscous. Kind of fluid. One might say, um, if you give birth, that the consistency of what is on a baby is sim- more similar to this than the mud I was promised in this scene. And I expected mud, and I got cervical mucus. I'm upset. It kind of feels like something you would like get at the Natural History Museum gift shop, Ooh. where it's like a dinosaur suspended in like egg gel or whatever <laughs> right and it, like at first it's kind of like jello-y and like cool or whatever and then over time it like picks up a little bit of like fuzz from the carpet oh. and oh, like jenny this guy's oh. getting grosser and then and then you leave it somewhere in like the attic mm-hmm. during the summer oh. and then after the summer you find it again this and the is a true story the texture the the <laughs> <laughs> the viscosity has gone all wonky and that's that's what this is like to me. One like once I had a like a stress relief kind of ball and it apparently I was too stressed out. I was like 11, high stress levels and I squeezed it and it popped and the stuff that came out also sounds similar to Oh dear. That. Anyway, let's move on before we lose all every listener we've ever had. Yes. Today's episode is brought to you by Regal Cinemas. If you're anything like me, you deeply enjoy going to the movies. Going to the movies is probably among my top three all-time activities. I love seeing films on the big screen. I also love being around other people who are watching the same movie with me at the same time. And of course, I love eating giant buckets of popcorn. If you feel the same and you like going to the theater, Regal Unlimited is something that just makes sense. Regal Unlimited is the all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two movie visits. You can see any standard 2D movie anytime, no blackout dates, no restrictions. When you want to watch a movie in 4DX or IMAX or RPX or ScreenX, there's so many ways to watch movies these days, your Regal Unlimited membership gets you into those premium experiences at a reduced cost. And with Regal Unlimited, you don't only save money on the tickets, you will also save on your snacks. And as previously mentioned, I love snacks. The only thing that can make me love a snack more is saving money on buying a snack. Members get 10% off of all non-alcoholic concession items with membership. Regal Unlimited, all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself 
in two visits. So if you're planning to see two movies this month, join Regal Unlimited and sign up now. You can sign up in the Regal app or on regmovies.com slash unlimited. Sign up for Regal Unlimited using code buffering and earn 10% off your three-month subscription. Please let us know about all of the movies you see and how the popcorn is. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. In Andrew's room, which, by the way, Andrew, we love a minimalist bedroom. Great work. I love this. It's clean. It's You have to think about nothing in there. You go to sleep. No distractions. Um, he's telling Scully, Marty was different. He... <laughs> He really plays this angle of Marty was different to then at the end be like, we're actually all different, LOL. (laughs) There's actually nothing different about Marty. He just, we're all different Except that he loves to fuck. Cannot stop fucking. He even wanted to fuck this magazine paper is basically what Andrew says. So... Andrew says, does he poison his victims, which is an interesting question because brother Andrew must know what is happening because they all they are. Right. Okay, let let me start asking some questions here. The kindred are celibate. Right. They are not going out into the world to fuck because they also know that fucking kills humans. Right. Right. That seems to be the vibe. And when they cough a lot. They're taken to a white womb where they are healed, brought back to life again, but but as as a different gender for the next, you know, is that what's happening? Because then my question is, why is Marty flipping flopping all the way all the time? Why is Marty flipping back and forth? Nobody else is doing that. I know. You know, don't ask your questions, Kristen. Just watch the show. Is there something about the fact that Marty is having sex? and no. and or that marty is killing someone that is the catalyst for the shift you, you like i'd want to believe that except for this shift also happens in the car where no sex has yet happened and also the shift happens directly in front of Mulder, where all marty with an eye has done is punch scully so i there doesn't seem to because i would love that i would love if like for every time that this that this person slept with somebody and that person died, then like whatever trauma or whatever something that happened in their body like made this thing happen that only usually happens at death. Right. Interesting. They don't give us that though. No. Anyway. Uh what they do give us is the gooped up dead guy being carried down deeper into the caves. Andrew's like, Scully, I'm going to show you this thing about Marty. It's just a stack of uh, pornographic magazines. 
not even. It's like fucking Delia's catalog. It's like just, isn't it? Like, is it even? Oh, it's porn? just like it's just like magazines of the world. Yeah, I think it's just regular old magazines. Um, uh, Marty was captured by your world. Yeah. Um, Andrew explains that they. I do like the sentence. Like we liked to explore the edges of our world, like where their yeah. world meets the other world. I thought that was very fun. Yeah. Um, what if every time you read Adelia's catalog, you killed someone? <laughs> oh my god, there'd be so like many. Someone died because you were reading. You were like, "Look at these bell bottoms." I would have and killed. I like, would have oh. been a mass murderer in the nineties. <laughs> I read so many Delia's catalogs. Okay, terrible, terrible, terrible news, Kristen. I have the worst news. There could be the so episode. many. An episode full of bad news. Yeah, I don't even know. Like, is it that Mulder sniffs clay? He tastes it. No. He puts that goop in his mouth, my friend. No, I went back to look and I and I thought on my back because I was like, he did not put that in his mouth. Then I rewound it and I thought that I was safe that he only sniffed it. He puts it in Maybe his mouth. Maybe I just saw what I wanted to oh see. Oh my God. Well, you choose your own adventure. This At this point yeah. in the podcast, you get to decide, does Mulder eat the clay yeah. or not? Also, Are remember- you team Jenny- or Team Kristen. A sniff or a chomp? Which one you taking? <laughs> slurp, slurp. <laughs> oh, the oh, hidey holes when you have find... entered the chat. <laughs> yeah. When you find a recess in a cave and it's covered with a membrane, may I urge you to not poke it with all your fingies? <laughs> How could you not, honestly? I would have fucking poked the shit out of this thing. It begs for a poke. It's like... I, I'm doing it right now. You can't see me. Jenny can see me, but it's just well, you want to. You just want to push on it. You know? No. It seems satisfying. No. no. Mulder runs away because somebody is coming. He is so loud. Is this man an FBI agent or is he not? He's like clang, 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 clang. He's like throwing lanterns around. He dives in a fucking hidey hole. Like it's like fucking a comedy down here in the caves. But they don't catch He him. overhears the kindred talking about Scully being in the house with Andrew and Mulder being missing. Then he discovers that in the very hidey hole he has selected <laughs> to hide in, layeth Coffin Guy. Except Coffin Guy is like looking a little different. Yeah. Um, the way that it's described, right, is that um, Co- Coffin Guy is, quote, taking on feminine features. The main thing to me here is that coughing guy's hair has just grown like a foot and a half. I'm pretty sure that is the only thing that has changed on coughing guy. Is he just has and long now, hair? What is the like? What's the mechanic of the, this alien transformation? I, the first thing we do is grow your hair out. I just like uh, I understand that there's not time for all the answers, but this is the first time I've ever had an experience with a show where they're just like. Eh. Like I just feel like, like they're just that's just aliens. Like like the answer aliens can just suffice for anything. Also, coffin guy's eyes pop open, but that nothing comes of it. What? But it seems like right. Like it's like there's a definitely like there's a metamorphosis happening. There's something happening yeah. here, right? But and then they all leave in their spaceship. But was coffin guy uh, okay? Did he get to go on the ship too? Did he? Was it time? I think so. All right. Oh, no. Time for the cunning thumb rub heard around the world. <laughs> uh, 
Mulder is outside the window when this happens, going, Scully! 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 <laughs> I died. I, mean, I fucking died when he did this. Um, Andrew is like, Marty is different. This is where he gives us the funny twist. We're actually all different. Scully, I write, is about to have an orgasm. Uh, she just says, oh. And I ask, oh my God, wait, has Scully ever had sex before? <gasps> Kristen! What? I just, she's... first of all, it's none of our business. Second <laughs> of all, definitely. Like she has, right? Like Scully fucks, except for does Scully fuck? Scully fucks. Okay. Scully I just, fucks. Scully's been on a date with a divorced man with children. <laughs> Scully fucks. Uh, Unless she doesn't, in which case, good on her. I'm just but saying, I'm pretty you know, sure Scully fucks. Maybe like Laura Zach, she also had some worry dolls and was just hoping to make right. it till marriage. True, 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 true. So Andrew is like kissing her neck or something, and also previous to kissing her, touched her face. Mulder busts in and is like, get off of her. Only I may caress her face. Oh, my God. Scully's blouse is, oops, it unbuttoned itself. Like, definitely Andrew didn't even do that. That's like, that's a that's a result of the thumb rub. The pheromones. For sure. <laughs> One blouse pheromone buttons. at a time. Pop. One button pop at a time. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. Outside. Okay, this is the scariest moment in the entire episode for me is when they <laughs> open the door and every single member of the kindred is just standing there quietly looking at them. Fucking nightmare. Scary. Scully looks fucked up. Scully looks. She somehow looks like 10 years younger. Like she just she she's so fucked up. Her face is like all red. Her hair is all puffy. She can't focus uh, on any single object at a time. She is not yeah. okay. Yeah. Uh, Abby is like, I asked you not to interfere. And it looks like it's going to be really scary. But then they just like make a path. Because they're not, they're not violent. Like they said, like that's the thing is like they really practice what they preach here. And I appreciate them. So Mulder is like, what was going on back there? And Scully's like, I don't know. And then she runs and throws up. Is she throwing up pheromones? Yeah, I imagined it was like a, right. Like however long you uh, snog for is like how much you puke later. But if you go all the way, then you die. Okay, so back at Club Sex, mm-hmm. a man is on his cell phone when Marty with an eye starts up again with the thumb rub. I'm I'm laughing because of Latoya's No, One of Latoya's production notes was like, the real magic in this episode is the guy who can talk on his cell phone inside of a club. Truly wild. <laughs> Incredible. It's hard to suspend my disbelief for a lot of aspects of this episode, mm-hmm. and that's one of them. Um, Mulder has gotten himself a coffee and Scully a coffee as well, maybe a tea. Um, he's like, how are you doing? She says she's a little embarrassed, actually. Mulder's response to this makes no sense. Why? You don't remember any of it. Sir, that's even worse. <laughs> what? What? Yeah. Um, she says that she believed Brother Andrew when he told her that he knew who the killer was. Um and Mulder says that while he was in the cellar, this is what you talked about before, Jenny, that he saw coughing guy, wait, choking guy, we should call him for smoking guy, fun, choking guy, right, right. he saw him, he was different, even his hair, it was feminine, like he was going through some kind of transformation. <laughs> My hair was feminine. <laughs> Guys. <laughs> I want to see choking man with the Rachel in that hidey hole. <laughs> 
The Rachel wasn't invented yet, Jenny. (laughs) We're close, but I don't think it had been invented. So this is when they're like, oh, so you think that they're like changing sexes like they're this is part of the kindred vibe. Um, And Mulder posits that maybe it is the sex itself that kills. It took them kind of a long time to get there, in my personal humble opinion, but fine. It is what it is. Uh, Do we want to talk about the fact that Mulder refers to what Scully did as you were about to do the wild thing with some stranger? Or do we just want to let that lie? I think we should. You know, when you're like, when something, when you're like walking through, you know, (gasps) I don't know what I'm trying to say. What I thought you were going to say is, you know, when you're like really like, oh, that person is so hot. And then they're like, do you want to do the wild thing? And your whole boner (laughs) falls off of your body because that's what I thought you were going to say. In the car. It just doesn't seem like any of our business (laughs) in the car. Uh, I love that when Scully and Mulder have a case where work makes them talk about sex, we also have a case that makes us as two coworkers have to talk <laughs> about sex. So you get yep, the meta yep. of it all. We're in yep, the car. Yep. Marty with an eye is making out with uh, this dude um, and they get caught by a cop and she gets out. He asks her if she's a sex worker. She punches the cop. Nice. Nice. Marty with an eye. And uh, looks back, and when she, when Marty looks back, it is Marty with a Y who looks back at this guy in the car, and he's like, "Oh my God!" Did I already talk about the fact that Ace Ventura came out in 1993? Did I say that out loud on the podcast? I don't think you did. 1994. I'm sorry. I just feel like this is like the idea of non-disclosure and panic as a fucking horrible thing that makes people violent against trans people is a problem and this time also is a very a time steeped in this kind of stuff ace ventura pet detective is a movie that most of us of this of our generation the generation of jenny owen youngs and kristen russo we all saw this film and the entire horrific twist at the end um, is that the woman uh, was actually a man the whole time. Ace Ventura rinses his mouth out with like five million different kinds of uh, chemical substances, et cetera, et cetera. This kind of fear is and it's it's th- this is what this is doing. Right. Like this guy is like, oh, my fucking God, I was making out with a dude. And this continues on into the next scene, right? Like, I feel like, to me, it feels like two two to two and a half things are happening at the same time. There's yeah. like that. But then there's also just like, this person just transformed before my very eyes. And I don't want to, I don't want to undersell totally. the gravity of something like totally. that. Because that's wild and you like that you know i think that's a brilliant point right is because if the next scene in the hospital was this person transformed in front of me then that would be a great reason to be like that scared the shit out of me but instead the next scene is Mulder being like don't worry dude it's off the record and he's like uh she kind of looked like a dude when she was walking away it's off the record right like that's that's because I feel like you made uh, the the perfect point. This could happen, and it could be done where the fear is not that this guy was quote tricked. We'll leave it there. You know, I'm like 
I'm really rankled at Michael saying on a scale of one to ten, she was a kind three. Where is justice for this actress? Yeah, seriously. Uncalled for. What the fuck, Michael? Why don't you fucking spell your name with an A like every other Michael? Wow. Asshole. Sorry. No offense to Michael Sue to spell it without an A. I was just mad at this particular Michael. (laughs) He does say that her touch was electric. Scully, so Scully thinks that they, Scully uses the word transvestite. Something that I also said to Jenny off mic is that when it comes to terminology, like right now, that is not a term that we ever use to describe somebody who identifies as transgender. Transsexual is a term that many folks used in the 90s to self-identify. Um, so terminology is wiggly and weird. And so I'm not ready to like take this word to task in the year 1993. However, if mm. you disagree and uh, want to say more about that, please email us at hello at bufferingcast. But the real fuckery of this is Mulder saying Don Juan would know the difference. Like if the, and that, that's, uh, you know, I've, I've already explained why this is fucked up, but that line is not great, nor is Scully's line saying, so you're saying she was a he. Please watch the documentary Disclosure. It's important and it can be a lot smarter. It is a lot smarter than me in talking about this. I'm shocked to hear Scully uh, in total disbelief the concept of that a woman could overpower a 200-pound cop. Yeah. Scully, where is your sense of, you know? Scully could probably overpower a 200-pound cop. I know, right? Maybe she just feels threatened. (laughs) Um, so they learn that the card that was stolen from Michael was just used in a nearby diner. What are you looking at? Is that your son outside? No, it's a doggy. (laughs) Jenny just looked so lovingly out the window. I was like, it must be her son. It's a puppy. No, it's a dog named Louie. He's a cool guy. Lives around the corner. It looked like you were in love. (gasps) Okay, so based on this diner info, yeah, they narrow it down to a specific location, Marty's Lair. The walls of this room are plastered with magazine cutouts, and I was still laboring under the misconception that um, Marty was only interested in porn magazines when I watched the scene, which made me want to tell you and our beautiful listenership that when I was like in like eighth grade to like senior year of high school, we lived in my family lived in a house. That was like almost at the end of a dead end street. And if you went down to the end, you could just step onto the Appalachian Trail. Just like a little piece of the Appalachian Trail was just like right there. And so I used it to get like to the other end of the neighborhood a lot. Um, Cool. And when I was walking down that trail one day, I noticed this like really small shack, like probably like, you know, six feet by 10 feet or eight feet by 10 feet just like a little like one room shack and i was like oh interesting so i like hopped off the trail oh my god latoya like, is so upset with you right now <laughs> i know i know latoya is latoya is realistically just like she's already left the room she's like this isn't even worth my time getting invested but in my heart of hearts i'd long for latoya to at least be throwing popcorn at the screen as i approach this small cabin peer through the window and see that every surface in this tiny little cabin is covered in pages from like Playboy and Penthouse. They're just like plastered all over the wall, all over the floor. It was just like porn lair. And I was like, 
weird. And then I just like left and went, continued on the trail, went about my business. A month or two later, I was on the trail again and went back to the cabin and it everything was gone. It was just like... <laughs> like all of the Playboy things were gone and it was just a regular cabin. Yeah, it was like just empty. And it had been empty previously. It was just an empty cabin covered in what uh, the porn pages and then fuck? an empty cabin not. What yeah, it was very weird. Fuck. Wow. That's way better. I didn't even have a story. I just called this the Mad Love Room because I recently rewatched the film with Drew Barrymore called Mad Love. And I watched it with, did I already say I watched it with Joanna? Um, I watched it with Joanna and, you know, it was it was a film where we were like, how's this one going to hold up? Uh, girl struggles with mental health issue, uh, you know, falls in love, does dangerous things, question mark. And there's a scene where Drew Barrymore's character is covering all of the walls in the room that she's in with just the eyes. Like she's cutting out all the eyes. And then the phone rings or whatever, and and someone's like, "What's your favorite scary yeah, movie?" Yeah, no, and so, and someone has called her her love and is like, she has depression. And Joanna and I laughed for like five years after that. Like that in in this year that this film came out, we were like, depression. Wow, makes you fucking cut out all the eyeballs from every magazine and <laughs> plaster them over your walls. It was a different time, folks. Um, anyway, <laughs> this wall is covered in magazines. I just, if if Marty is traveling south and like at a pretty decent pace, I'm surprised that there's been like a long stop in this, you know, long enough to, I mean, it's not, it takes a long time to cover your walls and stuff. I also covered my walls and things. It's, it's just not, a, you can't do it in a day. You know, maybe Marty found a place that Marty wanted to stay. Mm, fair enough. Putting down roots, putting up porn. Oh my god. Um. So Marty's doing a little monologue. My one wish in, in is that lair. we have a listenership large enough one day where somebody writes in and says, "I lived in that same area and I was in high school and I was the one who put up all the Playboy pictures as a prank." <gasps> That would be cool. If you are that person, please write in. Yeah. But if you're a murderer, don't. Don't. Don't write in. Don't write in. <laughs> no murderers allowed. Please. <laughs> okay. So Marty's monologue, it was forbidden, but after the first time I couldn't help myself. Your world offers pleasures, pleasures we don't know because we're different. Turns out, big reveal, she's talking to a dead man, pink foam. Trailing from his mouth. God, her the and, others will find me and punish me. Her and Cecil have something in common here. Just talking to dogs, inanimate yeah. objects, just monologuing, uh. <laughs> letting us know what their vibe is. The others will find me and punish me. The day is coming. They won't leave without me. What could this all mean? In bursteth the FBI... Marty bops Scully on the head and runs. Then she bops Mulder in the face. Uh, he gets to see a little transformation. Uh, yeah. What? That, that. I just wanted, you said she bops Mulder in the face. I wanted to make sure you talked about the transformation. Yeah, he gets to see a little transformation before he gets kicked in the face. Then, you know, Marty runs off and Mulder, still knocked on his ass, just like chilling in the hallway, is like, Scully, down the stairs. Good luck. 
Scully gets down into the most beautiful alley. Kristen's favorite alley. My favorite alley. Uh, and sees Marty hiding sort of like by truck. Marty not doing the best job. Like just two legs sticking out from underneath the truck. Like, you know, didn't have time so far, but is found. But then the shadows of the kindred are on the alley wall because they have, just like Marty said they would, come to get Marty. Train is leaving. Gotta go, Marty. Let's go. Let's go. Scully tells them to step away, but then Andrew does some disarming eye contact and then literally disarms her. Yeah, I don't. I thought that the only way that the pheromone trick could work was by the cunning thumb rub, but this suggests that either A, Scully has feelings for Andrew, or B, <gasps> that the power extends past just thumb rub. Right. Or maybe right. once you've been thumb rubbed, then that person has like an extended power over you. Ooh. Um so Mulder also arrives as Scully gets disarmed, but the kindred get away with Marty. In the there's an ambulance because everybody got kicked in the face. And at the ambulance, the cop says that. There's no way that they would have been able to get through the barricades and whatever that they set up. It's like a 10-mile radius, yada, yada. And Mulder's like, but if they did, there is literally only one place that they would go to hide. Back to Kindred Village. Back to Kindred Village. (laughs) Uh, The police search the Kindred compound. No one's there. Plate's still on the table. The cellar is all cemented up. Scully's like, how could this be? They have no means of transportation. And Mulder says, no earthly means of transportation. Cool. Which leads us directly to a gigantic crop circle out in the hayfield. This is a cool shot. I love this. Like, if, Yeah, hell yeah. If I watched the X-Files when I was in high school or college and they had sold a poster of this like overhead of this gigantic hayfield with just teeny Scully and teeny Mulder, I would have bought that shit for my wall. Yeah. That is a cool image. Yet another thing that I saw a lot of, you know, in media growing up that I thought would eventually collide with my actual life, crop circles. Crop circles. I've been waiting for a crop circle my whole life. Well, Jenny, I mean, you know, we've got a decent amount of this podcast left and usually art does imitate life or vice versa. So this might be your time. Let it be. Let it be. Um... The cop that told them that they found something in the hayfield, did he just mean they found a crop circle? You know what I mean? (laughs) That's, you know what it reminded me of, actually? You know the music video for Lionel Richie's Hello? (laughs) Oh, I do. (laughs) There's a point, dear listener, at which... (laughs) One of his students uh, runs up to Lionel Richie and is like, You've got to come quickly. Something's happening in the sculpture (laughs) studio. (laughs) And I won't spoil for you what's happening in the sculpture studio. I will just urge you to watch the music video for Lionel Richie's Hello. It's so important. It's so important. It is. (laughs) It's critical. Absolutely critical. We should do a group watch just of the music video. Just of the music video. Oh, my God. We have to find a few more so we could stack them, you know? We could do like. Yeah, yeah. A little. um, Jenny, Film festival. 
every time I go into a public restroom and I choose the first bathroom stall, I think to myself, how many people are out here choosing the first stall because of the Jewel? Was it Jewel's pop-up video? Yeah, it was Jewel pop-up video for uh, Who Will Save Your Soul. I think that that pop-up video single-handedly shifted it the cleanliness of the first stall forever. Wow. Uh, just in case you have no idea what we're talking about, the pop-up on the video said that the least frequented stall in a public bathroom is the first one when you walk in. And so now I... So, uh, in theory, the cleanest. The cleanest. And so now I always use that one. And Jenny's point is probably valid that if all of us are now using the first one, it is now the dirtiest. So... <laughs> Mm-mm. Well, speaking of the dirtiest, <laughs> great. Let's go check out the Sexual Tension Awards. Sometimes a connection between two people is so strong and so indescribable that it sort of transcends everything we know about relationships. And sometimes one of those people is an alien. In slot number one, it's Scully and brother Andrew. I'm sorry. You can't deny what's there, you know? You can't deny what's there unless you're Scully in most episodes. (laughs) In slot number two, you've heard of being caught between a rock and a hard place. But what about being a thumb of a kindred in between someone else's thumb and someone else's pointer finger? <laughs> what do you think? This is just a weird episode to do STAs for. Um, yeah, it is. It's d- Listen, you, I, we're doing our best, okay? <laughs> it's lot number three. At this point, I think the market is completely oversaturated with people saying things in film and television. Uh, To the effect of, I want to be inside you. (laughs) This episode is no exception, albeit it's somewhat unsaid, but clearly demonstrated by our slot three noms, Mulder and Heidi Holes. Nice. Dove right in. Poked the little lining and then dove right in. (laughs) Yuck. (laughs) And it's slot number four. I think an important part of life is always striving to be better, you know, mm-hmm. learn to be a better person, a better partner, a better listener, a better citizen, a better neighbor, you know, always reaching, reaching, aspiring, aspiring. And it's with that in mind that I've nominated uh, what's in slot number four. It's Mulder and being the ultimate sex magnet. Oh, my God. He wants that so bad. Yeah. So, dear friends. If you want to vote in uh, this kind of weird sexual attention awards, uh, you can find the poll by going to bufferingcast.com slash STA. It will redirect you to the poll on Patreon. You don't have to be a patron to vote. You just have to have an opinion. And we'd love to hear it. Yeah. So would. come on down. Have fun. Kristen. Jenny. Much is made of the the natural lighting in this episode. Lantern light, candle light, 
the soft glow of a vagina-esque cavern vagina glistens. <laughs> um, but what is missing? I think one thing that's missing from this episode is a soft, gentle glow in an amethyst shade emanating from a sacred sphere full of answers. Can we look into your crystal ball? Yes, we can. Uh, I would just like to say that my crystal ball never uses electricity. Jenny, um, a, a macro question submitted by listener Kayla Ann for the crystal ball, which is, um, do we think, me and my crystal ball, that the opening credits will ever change? If so, great question. If so, what will change and when? Now, correct me if I'm wrong. There are eight seasons of the show before the... There are nine seasons before the revival. Oh, my fucking God. I mean, then the credits, I don't want them to, just for what it's worth. I, Kristen Russo, do not want the credits to change, um, but they certainly will change. I hope, okay, this isn't about what I'm hoping. I'm sorry. I have to ask the crystal ball. The crystal ball is showing me that we may see some shifting by the season three credits. But that by ooh, season seven, very big shift in credits. Okay, okay. What okay. the shift will be, and this actually makes me feel very sad. I don't know if it's the shift in the first shift or the second shift, but I think that the words come out of the credits. And as much as I laughed at the words paranormal activity and government denies knowledge, I am going to be really sad if the crystal ball is right and those words go away because I feel very attached to them now. Uh, you think also, that's going to be the only change? Uh, well, I, I think that's the one that uh, the crystal ball is the most sure of. The crystal ball also seems very sure that the FBI badges will remain in the credits for the entirety of the credits. Uh, barring, I cannot make a prediction for the fucking 2000 and whatever sort of like situation. <laughs> Even though I literally technically have seen those credits. I have no memory of them, but I can't. I have no. I The crystal ball can't see past season nine. That's all I'm saying. You're like Scully post thumb rub. You don't know what happened. <laughs> always. I am always post thumb rub. Just standing confused. Uh, just red faced. Maybe I'll puke in a minute. I don't know. Um. <laughs> uh, fluffy hair, veins thundering with <laughs> pumping blood. <laughs> Thinking it's amazing that you named your horse Alice. It's all me. <laughs> um. Jenny, I also had a question for the crystal ball when I watched this episode, but keeping true to my form, I have forgotten that question for myself. So <laughs> do you have any questions for me uh, and my crystal ball in this segment? I have a we're we're more than halfway through season one now. Yeah. My question for you and your crystal ball at this moment is. What, if anything, do you think will change about the show in season two? Oh, shit. I think that I saw this in the crystal ball once before, that there would be a time when one or both 
Scully and Mulder would not be active uh, in the FBI, but would still be working together. And I think that that is something that could happen as a second season shift. Um, something, I mean, you know, there's a finale of this season and usually big things happen in finales. So um, maybe that thing will be that at the end of the season, something will happen that either gets Mulder booted, gets Scully reassigned. Something happens where the shift is, it's not just Scully coming to Mulder's office for the next assignment every day. There's something different about the way they're working together, at least at the jump. And I also feel like we're going to get a lot more interiority because we're almost halfway, we're more than halfway through the season and we just got a little bit of Scully. And honestly, we haven't gotten that much of Mulder either. And so I think that um, we'll probably get some big pieces of their history before the season ends. But I feel like season two will still, of course, concern itself with the government and Deep Throat and Monsters of the Week. But I think we'll also be more concerned with where these two are coming from, how they relate to each other, how they don't. Great. Tremendous. Well done, Crystal Ball. Thanks. Thank you for your service. I feel like in like the incarnation of the crystal ball, it was like Kristen will be so funny because she'll make ridiculous predictions. But now I'm like so serious about the X-Files. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, that's good. We'll that's just, good. You know, the segment will be what the segment will be. <laughs> well, Kristen, I'd say. Oh, it's, I'm it's so actually scared really... about the status of this X-File. <laughs> It's really difficult to say, Kristen, whether the status of this X-File is gently yet firmly thumb rubbed or unarmed but extremely attractive. <laughs> I like I like the second one. I don't I don't want the file to be firmly thumb rubbed. That's what files were made for. It's true, it's true. We did it. We did it. That does it for us, beautiful friends. My name is Jenny Owen Youngs. And when I'm not watching the X-Files or Buffy or Yellow Jackets, I'm usually making music. I have a new record coming out in September. It's called Avalanche. The second single just dropped, which is called Knife Went In. You can pre-order the record and check out the that song. And you can also grab tickets to my fall tour coming possibly to a city near you. Nashville, New York City, D.C., Philly, Chicago, L.A., San Francisco, Portland, and Seattle. You can get all the info at JennyOwenYoungs.com and find me on socials at JennyOwenYoungs. If you changed the lyrics, the if you changed Knife Went In to Mulder Went In, could the song apply <laughs> to Mulder going into a hidey hole? Uh... Yeah, there's a place in the cavern where Mulder went in. Yeah, totally. Yes! Perfect. It's beautiful. Um, hey, I'm going to go actually see if I can halt the presses and uh, yeah. make that edit before we ship the vinyl. You know what I mean? Perfect, perfect, perfect. Um, I am Kristen Russo, and when I am not watching or discussing things like The X-Files, Buffy, Yellow Jackets, etc., I am usually doing work with queer community. You can learn about that work on my website, kristinnoline.com, K-R-I-S-T-I-N-N-O-E-L-I-N-E. That spelling will also get you to my Instagram and my TikTok, question mark. I don't do anything there, but you can find me. 
Um, looking for some TikTok baby tonight. Yeah. To that, to the point of me doing work in queer community, I said this to Jenny off mic, but I did want to talk about it here. That um, when I worked producing buffering the vampire slayer i had seen all of buffy i would watch it before the whole season i would watch before and sort of plot out things that we wanted to do deeper dives on and things we wanted to do more research on and you know we have some i mean clearly jenny has seen things before latoya is watching a little bit ahead but hasn't watched ahead like me we have less of a runway than we've had for tackling things so when i got to gender bender i was like ooh, like i can talk about this to a certain extent and i did some research but probably had I had a bigger runway, I would have been able to do even bigger dives. And there are folks out there who have expertise in areas that could be really helpful to us that I won't know to reach out to. The reason Sophie was in our episode last week is because Sophie reached out to us to say, hey, this episode is coming down the pike. Um, and I think that this would be a cool thing to talk about more, etc. So this is my my ask to you, our listenership, um, to remind you that I have not seen these episodes until just about two weeks, <laughs> uh, sometimes a couple days before we record. Um, please email us at hello at bufferingcast.com if there's something coming up that you want us to dig deeper into. If you have experience or know somebody who has experience in those areas and think they would make a cool guest, um, if it's a if it's an email that contains spoilers, just put spoilers and then the episode that you're talking about and I will forward it to Jenny and she will safely read it. Um, but it would be really nice. cool to get those kinds of heads up because what we did with Sophie last week was very, very amazing and I would love to do more stuff like that. I know, Jenny, you would do. Absolutely. Buffering a Rewatch Adventure is on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at BufferingCast. You can support the work that we do here on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash BufferingCast. You can also go to our store, buy some of our sweet Buffy and X-Files inspired merchandise. Uh, I have to say that the UFO enamel pin is one of my favorite things that we've ever made. It's um, a thing of beauty. <laughs> or you could just think really good. It won't leave a crop circle in your yard. No. Well, I mean, I guess we don't have proof of that. Just like pheromones, you know, uh, jury is out. <laughs> Still up for debate. <laughs> Um, all of that information, all of the events that we do, all of the live watches we do, everything you ever have needed to know about this podcast can be found on our website, bufferingcast.com. This episode was produced by Kristen Russo, Jenny Owen Youngs, and Latoya Ferguson with support from our consultant, Mackenzie McDade. It was edited by John Mark Nelson. Until next time, the thumb, thumb rub is, is out, out there. there. Did you hear what I said? What did you say? You said the thumb rub is out there. I said thumb pod is out there. <laughs> oh, I don't know which is worse. You can tell us, dear listeners. It's Jennifer, a founder of the Go Kid Go Network. Do your kids love wacky worlds, superheroes, and inventing? Of course they do. 
That's why our shows Bobby Wonder and Lucy Wow are set in Pflugerville, the nonstop fun and adventure universe where imagination, creativity, STEM, and positive role models abound. Join the Pflugerville fun by searching for Bobby Wonder and Lucy Wow on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.